Contest of Champions, episode number 38, The Vision versus Mandarin. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back, comic book fans, to season number two of the Contest of Champions Live. This is the premier comic book podcast, and it is our 18th fight of season two and the 38th episode under our belts since we have gone live. But we wouldn't be the best comic book podcast on the net if not for our dedicated listeners and reliable competitors. So a big shout out to all our competitors. I am my wife. My wife is standing right in front of me, and she's making fun of me as I'm recording this. Um, <laughs> uh, she, she's doing she's doing a little dance. Like anyway, um, I am the clobbering clergyman, Jeff Jackson, and uh, not with us tonight. Uh, missing in action, in fact, is the Canadian Cape Killer. Um, I, you know, I think he might have drunk himself into a stupor. He may be. Like in Hoboken, New Jersey, on maybe the side of the wandering in the frozen tundra, maybe. I, I think he might be. Yeah, looking for another glass of whiskey. He's wearing he's wearing a, a polar bear. <laughs> is what, is Did he kill I, it with with a steak knife? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but joining us this week, uh, the guy who inspired Andrew Garfield's performance in the Amazing Spider-Man: Infinite Speech. <laughs> Why would you give me that title? Oh man! And the guy who inspired Tobey Maguire's performance, Spider-Man Three, <laughs> especially the dance sequence part, <laughs> Mr. Eli Anthony. Ah, oh, jeez! <laughs> I almost put in the script. Ah, oh, jeez! I almost put that in there because I knew you were going to say it. That was great. <laughs> so, how you guys doing tonight? Pretty good so far. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You got a big decision coming up. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. This is, this will be an interesting show because we don't know if uh, there'll be a fight yet or not, right? So if there's no fight, I can just you know just sign off and go weep in the corner. Yeah. Or okay. we, we could record you weeping if you wanted. So. No, no, no. You still have you still have to go through the motions. You still have to you know fight of the week and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys are just torturous. Yeah, <laughs> Even though right. you lost, let's stick around. <laughs> exactly. That's how much we love you. Oh, man. All right. Let's and if see not, what it would just be me and Jeff, and that, that yeah. might be a little weird. Nope. Nobody wants to listen to that crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we got lots of news. Um, we, we weren't here last week. Uh, we took a break last week, and uh, there's been a lot of news in the last week. So uh, let's jump into some of that. Um, if you listen to last week's Tales from the Water Cooler, not this one that came out this week, but uh, the previous week, you heard uh, Speech and Decapitated Dan discuss the Marvel Now news, so we won't go into that exactly, the detail that they went into, so go check that one out. But since the Marvel October solicitations have come out, um, there it included ten titles, or it didn't include well, actually, it did include ten titles that are coming to a close with their October issues. Um, so they're clearing the deck to make way for the new releases of the Marvel Now initiative. So um, so that begins uh, that month with 
Marvel Now number one and Uncanny Avengers number one. But the uh, the titles that are are ending, and I say that with quotation marks, um, mm-hmm. uh, are yeah. Captain America, Avengers Assemble, Fantastic Four, FF, The Incredible Hulk, Invincible Iron Man, New Mutants, The Mighty Thor, Uncanny X-Men, and X-Men Legacy. That's actually ten, I just counted. I, uh, Oh yeah, that is ten. Okay, that's what it said. Okay, um, and all those are going to be concluding in October, with um, with most of those titles being replaced by direct analogs, and the rest generally seeing their creative teams leaving to take over relaunch titles. So, what do you guys think about all of these endings and beginnings and all that? Well, I'll just go ahead and say this. I mean, as much as all the fanboys and everyone else those of us that do have personal lives are going to complain about what goes on it still seems like it's worth checking out bottom line is is that if marvel drops the 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 ball then there'll be you know the voices will speak out but i mean if it's decent and it's fun and it's worth you you know the 299 399 499 then you know i'm all for it as long as i get a good story out the renumbering, though, as annoying as it's been, I'm kind of desensitized to it as, you know, now. Because I'm pretty sure X-Men will start, well, Uncanny will start over again. And, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, as long as the stories are good, art's good, and we get a decent plot out of it, then I'm all for it. But if not, then why even bother? Yeah. I, uh, I'm thinking that... Um that they'll relaunch Uncanny at number 600 because we're right about the time, right around the place where it would have been number 600 to begin with. It's, it's stopped around, it stopped around 544 and, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was right. Five. Oh, okay. No, never mind. I'm way off. I was thinking it was 584, but it's actually 544. So never mind. Forget what I just said. So, um, I mean, the only thing that I, the only thing I, that I'm, I don't know, it, it's annoying that that some of these titles just recently rebooted it. That's a little bit annoying. Um, I'm a little disappointed about uh, uh, X Men Legacy because that title's been really good, um, and I don't, I really don't want to see a, a shift on that title. Um, but it's been good, and um, but I'm really excited that New Mutants is getting the axe and I'm hoping that it will not <laughs> it will not return with uh Abnett and Lanning writing it. I just so I don't know. What do you think, Eli? I it, it's annoying to me. They they don't need to do this. They just all the renumbering and the new series and everything I I don't know. I I might get labeled an old codger, but I I liked it when it was simpler. When you know it was a Fantastic Four book that was coming every month, and I mean I think they can they they can change it up and tell different stories and not pull all this this novelty crap. I mean, just switch up the creative teams, just switch up the the team lineups, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Um. Now that, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna read them or buy them if they're good. I mean. But it's just gimmicky. It's, it just it just yeah. strikes me as gimmicky. Whenever they do this, 
I, uh, I, I, for me, because I've been really on the decline of the X-Men books. I've been a huge X-Men fan forever. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't really see anything. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to all new X-Men. I think that idea is, um, is, is for a reboot or, or whatever it is that they're calling it. I think it's kind of original, actually, bringing the, uh, the original X-Men into the, into the present day. But how is that going to work, though? I mean, with all the whole timeline thing and all that, how is that going to work? It's. I mean, they're just going to ignore it. I mean, they're going to ignore the whole, uh, you know, being in the same place at the same time with your counterpart from the future. I mean, they they don't care about that. I mean, so, <laughs> there's a lot they don't care about. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, not the paradox. Yeah, yeah, but but um, but I'm excited about. Uh, you know, if I, I've just—it's funny—I've just never thought of that as being a, a a way to kind of reboot the the universe in some ways, or not reboot it, but to keep keep the continuity, but but then, uh, but but kind of refreshing things. I, I just think it's a, it's kind of an interesting way to do it, and uh, you know, honestly, Bendis writes teenage characters really well. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. So, but but for as far as the rest as far as the rest of these uh, uncanny ending and and some of these other things, if they come back with like honestly, if if Kieran Gillen is writing Uncanny X Men again but rebooted again, then I, I'm I think I'm gonna call call it quits. I really do. Like uh, I think this will be a good jumping off point. Honestly. Wee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, well, anyway, in um, in some other uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con news came out in the last uh, few days. Not much DC news, other than um, the at least the only thing that kind of struck my fancy was the Neil Gaiman uh, Sandman, the new Sandman miniseries, which that's kind of cool that Neil Gaiman's doing that. Um, but Marvel has announced the second phase of their movie plans, revealing the next five films, um, which are Iron Man 3, out next May, with Ben Kingsley as Mandarin. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, the, wasn't the other guy supposed to be in the first one? Wasn't that supposed to be the Mandarin? What other guy? No, no, the, the guy. The terrorist he was just, guy. Uh, he was just a lackey. Oh, okay. I thought he was supposed oh. to be kind of a loose. Yeah. Uh, no, but when I think Chinese um, martial arts ring wielder, I immediately think Ben Kingsley. Me too. Speech. How crazy is that? Mm. What did yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the second one is Thor: The Dark World, out November eighth, two thousand thirteen. Which we don't know what that means at all. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Out April 2014. That's exciting to me. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Guardians of the Galaxy out in August of 2014. And Ant-Man, which is still kind of in development, but they haven't set a date yet for it. So um, no word on Avengers 2, but um, I'm guessing that kind of means 2015. So, eh, I mean, but with all these other films taking place, I'm I'm I can pretty much wait on Avengers too. Yeah, really. Yeah. Heck, if, if Guardians is good, I, that's that'll hold me for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I it's an I think it's an interesting pick to do Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it makes sense though. 
I mean, with the with the Thanos cameo at the end of Avengers. Yeah. Yep. You know, so, this whole cosmic thing is kind of cool. Well, but what's interesting to me is that, number one, right now, there is no <laughs> cosmic thing going on right now. You know? You're right there. Um, yeah. There's no, uh, like, there is no Guardians of the Galaxy series out. Um, and, and not really any reason why. Um, uh, when they ended it, from what I remember, I remember reading an article that uh, Abnet and Landing were saying how, you know, they have tons of stories to tell, but Marvel kind of ended that series. Well, I will say this. If um, I, I know the Guardians are showing up in that Avengers Assemble title, and if you watched Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, they, sh- they showed up for um, an episode titled The Corvax Saga. Right. Oh yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, so I think Marvel is, you, you know, they're slowly putting them in. And if you, I don't know if either of you play um, the Marvel versus Capcom games, but they dropped Rocket Raccoon in there and Nova. Yeah. You know, two, you, you know, cosmic powerhouse. Well, I don't think Rocket Raccoon's a powerhouse, but still, you know, they dropped those characters in there along with um, Iron Fist and I forgot who. Oh, um, ah, crap! Who was the other one? Yeah, well, doesn't matter. They weren't important. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I gotta say, I, I am I am so very excited though for Rocket Raccoon and and Groot to be on the big screen. Uh, I think Groot to be voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I'm tired of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Why? No, Why? I just, I just I just want him to voice Groot. That would be so cool. <laughs> That'd be the coolest Groot ever. He he could he he would just say I am Groot in like a hundred different voice inflections. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. And then you you know once the once the Blu-ray drops, you get the un uncut edition, which basically just says after Groot, you know, is motherfucker. I am Groot, motherfucker. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> say Groot. Say Groot one more time. That would ruin him. He would have nightmares of people walking up to him. <laughs> Say oh, it, yeah. Sam Groot. Say it, I am Groot. <laughs> the person who does get that, who does get cast, I mean, that's it's a great but extremely easy job. I mean, all you got to do is go in and say, <laughs> I'm Groot, like, I am Groot. 40 that's million it. times in different ways, and that's it. <clears throat> so, you yeah. know, it, it is, it, there has never, ever been a better time for comics when, when someone like Groot could be. In a movie, in a major uh, motion picture, and he was great in that um in that episode too. It was just cool just seeing Groot. Now, um, did you guys hear the Deadpool news? The video game? Ah, uh, did you see the trailer? No. Ah, uh, you did not see the trailer. No. Oh man, it it's oh man, and I watched the trailer four times. Really? <laughs> yeah. Four. Right. Four. Wow. So you need to YouTube it, look it up. The trailer to the new Dead Deadpool game is awesome, and it's funny because I think it's the same guy that does his voice for the Marvel versus Capcom game. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It would be awesome if it was the same guy who did the uh, Hulk versus Wolverine cartoon. That guy was uh, that guy was, yes. great. was good. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not that guy that played Deadpool in that Wolverine movie. Oh yeah, Green Lantern. Oh, <laughs> you mean you mean, you mean uh, Hannibal uh, Hannibal King Green Lantern? <laughs> He who will not be named. Yeah. Just DC Marvel, don't employ him anymore. Just stop. Uh, God. Lose his phone number. Yeah. But DC did have some movie news, though. I mean, they did. The, the Man of yeah. Steel, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And 
And then nothing else till 2015. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what is <clears throat> I don't know. What <laughs> it's cr- well, they do got they do have uh, the Green Arrow series coming out, which when... nobody cares about because nobody cares yeah. about Green Arrow. Eh. Um, eh. Uh, it, it, his character uh, was okay on fantastic Holly Queen stories. You know, it, yeah. if done if it's done well, it could be great. But didn't he just wasn't he just on Smallville? Who um, Arrow Green yeah, Green, Green Arrow. Arrow? Yeah, yeah, and he was a pretty cool character on that show. Mm. All right, but Which, this is but this is not a spinoff, right? No, no, it's a different guy playing um, playing them. They're just you know it's a restart. You know it's all it's all about Arrow. Mm. Okay, very interesting. All right. Well, that's the that's the news. There's a bunch of other stuff that you can go check out uh uh about San Diego Comic-Con, but but I've been kind of surprised that there hasn't been more exciting news coming out of San Diego. <coughs> um and maybe I haven't maybe I haven't heard enough or maybe I haven't seen uh enough news come out, but I don't know. Nothing really was like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome." Um I don't know. Oh, and one more thing, since we know Marvel listens to the show and uh, steals our ideas and stuff, uh-huh. uh, Marvel, ditch the Ant-Man movie and give us Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Ooh, Please. Yeah, that would be good. So much better than Ant-Man. Since yeah. Iron Fist and Luke Cage are in that Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon and they showed up on the Avengers cartoon as well, I'm like, ah, and come on. They, yeah. they, they, they could be working up to it. Could he? You never know. You never know. All right. Well, previously on COC, I'm not even going to try to do it like like the Lost Boys, like Ian does. A um, couple weeks ago, we saw the double team of uh, the aforementioned Iron Fist and the aforementioned Mandarin, managed by Infinite Speech, versus Iceman, managed by Tom McNeely. At the very popular environment that just won't go away, the peak space station. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a light conversation on the forums. Um, Tom really didn't do much debating. I don't even think he, he got on the thread at all. Um, which... Yeah, and I don't like, you know, just hammering on the forums if the guy isn't there. I just kind of yeah. seen it's not honorable to just, yeah. you know, pump well, it away. Right. So that left you with a real opening to, to talk up the double team. And, and you did, but, but not too much so um, but those you listeners out there can go back and check out all the the back and forth comments regarding the fight on uh, comicattack.former.com under the forum titled contest the champions so looking at the comic attack poll it looks like Iron Fist and Mandarin are the winners there with um, 67% of the, of the votes and Iceman getting a uh, uh, the a um, a third of the votes at thirty three percent, and um, I'm gonna kind of make this short and sweet. Um, Ian's not here, so uh, you know I, I don't if if I choose Iceman and I don't really know what happens, but I'm not gonna choose Iceman. So <laughs> just to be on the safe <laughs> side. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had already chosen. Um, I had already kind of talked myself. Uh, uh, out of uh, Iron F- or, or out of Iceman and, and into Iron Iron Fist and uh, Mandarin, um, and and really the thing that put me over the edge was this last week's issue of 
uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, yes, the, you saw that, didn't I you? saw that, yeah. yeah. You know, Jason Aaron <clears throat> has been has been kind of making Iceman a really big deal, but then this week it was like he just decided, uh, okay, I'm just not going to make him cool anymore, um, And uh, which always happens to poor Iceman. Um <laughs> And uh, but but basically he uh, he gets sliced up pretty good by Warbird in uh, in that comic as she's trying to uh, basically kidnap Kid Gladiator to take take him back to the Shi'ar Empire and um, and he, for some reason he can't reform himself and I, it didn't make any sense it was it was it was bad writing you know whatever but. Um, those of you who've listened to the show for a long time know that I'm, I'm kind of a stickler for, uh, what happens in continuity. And so even if it sucks, <laughs> um, um, that to me, that the proof is there. So, I mean, if we're going with cur- current continuity, um, it looks to me like, um, uh, Bobby can be, uh, subdued pretty easily and not really just reform every five seconds. So, um, you know, one of the things that, that Gid said in the show was talking about, um, you know, Mandarin alone probably could take Iceman. I mean, I think that's a pretty good matchup. Um, but with Iron Fist on top of that, it's just it's just no contest. You can't really can't really talk too much about about that. So um, uh, so you know, the way that I see it kind of going down is is Mandarin and Iron Fist just pummeling this guy with the quickness and um iron fist just shattering him or mandarin uh vaporizing him with a some one of his goofy rings and um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know and uh as as we'll get to see ben kingsley wield (laughs) exactly exactly so um you know and i don't see Iceman reforming himself um very quickly uh based on current continuity so um, so all that said, uh, my vote goes to Iron Fist and Mandarin, which puts Iron Fist, Iron Fist and Mandarin as the winners. Uh, Tom loses, poor little Iceman, and uh, that's it. Well, that's not it for for Tom, but that's it for Iceman. So I'm melting. <laughs> and Tom is putting out a hit on Jason Aaron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So to learn more about the COC, go back and listen to the live draft, or you could go back and listen to all of our episodes by going to uh, cont- uh, comicattack.former.com and looking it up in the forum appropriately titled COC. So that means that uh, speech gets to continue on and actually put forward a character to fight tonight. So, so, so tonight I'm not just here for decoration. That's right, that's right. You got you yeah. get to actually argue. So, <laughs> so we've got a question uh, from our Ask the COCC thread, and this week's question comes from the, the 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 person whose name I love to say the most, Shit Dick. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> uh, I mean that's his name. I mean, what what if that was his real last name? Would you not say hello, Mr. Shitdick? I mean, I'm just saying. Anyway, he says, What makes for a most memorable fight in comics? How many pages or issues should a good fight last? Hmm. 
What do you think? Um, speech. You, you're you're kind of a fight guru. Uh, well, in comics, I think there's two ty- ty- types of fights: the fights that are moved with just the fight choreography and the action, and the ones that are also moved with some really great dialogue thrown in as well. Um, bottom line is, I'll just go from the whole action sequence. It's the fight has to move. It's got to catch the eye, and then it has to make sense. And it just can't be, you know, just a brawl, just to, you know, ooh, we want to see these two characters fight. It's got to be a reason behind it. It's got to be some good fight choreography, and it's got to be like just some some serious hand to hand action going on. I can't I can't stand boring, real boring fights. I case in point, I read the um, He Man and the Masters of the Universe fight number um, um, issue number one. And then there's a fight between Adam and Beastman, and at no point is Adam in like danger. And then the fight, the choreography just seemed a little sloppy, and it just seemed, you know, the the action lines just seemed like way, way off. And you know, it was just one boring fight, but it looked okay. It was just a boring fight. So you, you gotta you gotta give me some serious um, action that's gonna make sense in the whole scheme of things when the fight's over with. Right. And like about how long? I mean, how long can the artist and writer keep it up? I mean, if I've seen fights go like 14, 15 pages and been great, and I've seen fights go two or three pages and just be the most horrible things you've ever seen. Right. So I guess it just depends on the team there. Mm, right. Eli, how about you? I agree with speech about the length. Um, I also think that um, the length – uh could you could also uh the length could also be determined by the characters um and and, and their their durability and power sets i mean i mean uh it, it needs to fit mm-hmm. um you know stuff that's just ridiculous and 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 it's not plausible based on characters history and power sets or or and things like that like that uh, for example, like Iron Man defeating Magneto with magnetism. I mean, <laughs> yeah. didn't believe that. That, that, that <laughs> there was not one positive thing about that fight. That is just stupid. A retarded man wrote that, and an editor. No, just... that has also been brought up in the um in another issue of I I think it was Invincible Iron Man. Oh my god! Yeah, he brings it up again. Yeah, he that's right. He says he's doing new things with magnets or something, right? Did, yeah. Did, yep. Did, did Matt, did Matt Fraction write that fight? You know what? Get it, get it off of Matt Fraction, okay? Dude. But he didn't write that fight, I don't think. But you need to stay he re- off. He, refer- he referenced it, though, in, in Look, Vince Alignment. Whoever wrote that and edited that issue, they need to be sat down by somebody. Yeah. And, and smacked and, and yeah. given the some comics. magnetism with magnets. And yeah. said, you know what? Here, re- read these comics about – read this Wikipedia entry on Magneto. <laughs> See what he does. Um, but, uh, in a fight, I I want the, the, the characters rendering to be spot on Mm -hmm. because, you know, if, if, if characters are hanging out in, in, in their, their, their base or whatever, and they're, they're, they're talking or there's character interaction, you know, there's not much going on and I'm not going to be so upset if, 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 you know, some guy's arm is, is twice as big as his other arm, but during a fight. The art has to be tight. Has to be great, because you're looking at at, at what's going on. It's usually physical, 
a lot of our favorite characters are, are my favorite characters are hand to hand guys, and, and and I like it when a fight fits the characters, but also when a character uh, you, you displays a creative use of their powers if they have powers. If it's just a hand to hand fight, then you know. I love some 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 fake kung fu move, uh, some fake name for some kung fu move. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. And and, and slicing one, and butterfly one, eats cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> Jaw snapper in the emerald light or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, you you done? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that, I guess that's it. I, I think for me. Um, what makes a really good fight in comic books is the stakes have to be high. You know, I mean, and as much as I love just kind of random fights of, you know, that's why we do this show. Um, I really like when there is a really good story around um, when, uh, you know, when, when two characters who have really nothing left to lose but they're but 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 they're just fighting out of desperation or there's some kind of huge stake um and 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 this is why I think some fights in today in 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 a lot of comic books because the stakes are never high because death is no longer a high stake yeah. um so I really haven't seen any really awesome fights um in comics I mean I I see some that are that are okay but I mean I really think Seeing those high stakes and making a fight really, really uh, awesome, um, I think, goes a long way to making a really good superhero fight. And and that can take as, as many or as few pages as, as it takes. Um, I don't like when they use fights as just page filler. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the fight has to kind of serve the story, I think. Um, but it also, in terms of... Uh, I like what you said, Eli, about the rendering of it. It does have to be tight. Uh, for me, it also has to be well choreographed. Like uh, one of the things I just always hate, hated, and I, you know, I know we pick on Sky all the time, but like when when Rob Liefeld draws draws a <laughs> draws a fight, like somebody will come, somebody will somebody will be flying at an angle that's like like they were standing up on uh, some kind of. I don't know, they were standing up on something high, and then all of a sudden there's, like, somebody who's coming down at, like, a a a, a 45-degree angle and just slashing across somebody. Well, first of all, they're going to land uh, on their head, um, and, uh, you know, they're not going to just, like, tuck and roll. I mean, because the <laughs> speed with which they're appearing to come, come and uh, just all of the technical stuff, like, it has to be fluid, and it has to be well choreographed. Like... You can't just have, you know, just random things. Just because they look awesome in a panel doesn't necessarily mean that it actually makes sense. And it's better, to me, if it actually ends up making sense, like, with, you know, at least some kind of idea of physics. And I don't mean, like, straight-up physics, as we're talking about superhumans fighting each other. But um, it just has to make sense, you know. I don't know. You, you, Jeff. Uh, I, I just inter- interject here. Yeah, Deathstroke right. Eleven, which I was out last week, <laughs> has exactly one of those panels. <laughs> I know. I haven't yeah. even read that, and it, it's every time. It's every time. 
at, there's at least two moments, two panels in this fight scene between Lobo and a bunch of other people oh, where I had to sit God. there and look at it and, and go, what what exactly am I supposed to get out of this? Yeah. Because I, I couldn't get it. And in fact, there's one right here. There's a, a clang onomatopoeia. And there's only one sword. There's, there's, there's only one piece of metal. I don't know what it's clanging off of, but... That's, no, that's what Rob Liefeld. You're, you're exactly right. <laughs> I'm going to need these guys to like watch a martial arts movie and just really pay attention frame by frame. Yeah. You know. And maybe Frank Miller could, could hold a little a little seminar. You know, A class for him, yeah. A class. You know, young artists yeah. or guys like Rob who don't know what they're doing, come over to my place. <laughs> let me, let me, let me. I mean, because you, you, I mean, we've all seen movies where there was just awesome choreography and uh, in a fight and and it made it made all the difference but then we've also seen movies where it was like you know a guy punched somebody and his and his face was all bloody and then in the next shot like his face didn't have any blood on it at all and you know things like that that happens in comics too all the time like people just throw things together that they just think look cool for that one panel but they forget that they're actually telling a story with the with the fight and you yeah. can and you can do that and if and a good artist can do that they can tell a story of hope and desperation and and you know all these things um if they just choreograph the fight well you know yeah they can do it without writing a word exactly exactly so all right, well, we figured that one out for old shit dick, so. Um, there it is, bro. There you, go. there you go. So if you have a question that you want uh, to ask, and actually we have a pretty good stockpile of, of questions for the next few weeks, um, but please go ahead and uh, uh, put your question in the Ask the COCers thread at comicattack.former.com. Uh, also, in the uh, at uh, if you're listening to this from ComicRelated.com, there's also in the forums there. There's an Ask the COCers thread as well, and you can ask the question there. So, in the spirit of superheroes fighting superheroes, and speaking of uh, good choreography or the lack thereof, it is uh, the tradition here on the show for all of us to choose one fight from this week's comics that we consider to be the highlight fight of the week. So, Eli. You ready to go, man? I am. Go Mine comes from Defenders number eight, which features Iron Fist and the Orphans on the cover. Is that is, is that written by the Matt Fraction? Ah, uh, gee, sorry. Yeah, it I, is. I, I, I've got. I can't. I can't listen to this. I'm. I'm oh my god! You, 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 need a, you need an intervention. All this Matt Fraction hate. You know what? It. it he may transition from Liefeld to Fraction, though. I mean, oh dude, my God. that would be the uh, worst comic book ever, written by Matt Fraction, drawn <laughs> by Rob Liefeld. Oh my God! Wow. Oh, that just gave me nightmares. Whew. All okay, right, all sorry. Right. Artwork by Jamie McElvey uh, with Mike Norton. Okay, all right, so I like that. I, I do like that. Yeah. That's all right. Forget, good. forget the other guy. Okay. So uh, the I, the defenders are are looking. Um, for uh, John Amen, the Prince of Orphans, he's in the neighboring nation to Wakanda. I can't remember what it's called, uh, Zagambo. And so they're they're over there. Uh, they're they're they've asked the Wakandan people and Shuri, uh, T'Challa's little sister, to hold off invading so they can go in and try and do something. And the Black Cat, uh, she gets there first because she wants to steal something that Amen has. 
uh, for some other group. And, you know, she parachutes in and she's all invisible. And this is kind of how the fight starts. She's not with the defenders, but um, – and, and then the, this green mist starts rising up from the ground around Black Cat's feet as she's running. And then all of a sudden, uh, Prince of Orphans is on her. And he's – as he's taking her out, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, Iron Fist, and Red She-Hulk, like, pounce on him. And – he basically takes down all of them except for the Silver Surfer pretty stinking easily. He's, he uses his powers pretty uh, creatively here. Uh, Doctor Strange has this this like mystical bow staff, and uh, John Amen, while he's got Red She Hulk coming at him on one side with some sword of hers, on the other behind him, he's manipulating his mist, and it just snaps Doctor Strange's weapon into like four little pieces. And then he does – he doesn't even use his miss on Red She-Hulk. He does some karate move and just hits her in the chest, and she flies out of the fight. She's done. Silver Surfer then comes in and blasts him from behind, and it doesn't really do anything to him. I mean he's missed, and then Iron Fist kicks him in the face, and then uh, Doctor Strange appears to kill him. He stabs him through the heart with his – he reformed his little mystical bow staff. And then uh, as Strange is on top of him, Eamon just goes all mist form and is about to just destroy Strange. And Black Cat wakes back up. She saves Strange. And Eamon then kind of – he kind of does this Nova thing where like the the front part of his body is human and the back part is mist. And he flies around. He he knocks them all down. I've never seen him do that before. It's kind of interesting. Then he basically tell, says, "I'm you know I'm done fooling with you. I'm filling all of you with poison." And the, he turns the, some mist into poison and has it go into their eyes. I mean their noses and their mouths to poison them. And then the Silver Surfer fr- comes up behind him and imprisons him in some kind of cosmic energy construct or something. And that's what stops him. But it was very cool and and. Like like I said earlier, it was it was believable that he could take them all down. Um, in this little story arc here, you, you get to see that, that that there's a lot more to the Prince of Orphans than we previously thought, with all these weird engines that that he's been guarding for millennia or however long it's been. And of course, by the end of the issue, he breaks out of the Silver Surfer's little prison, and he pretty much owns them all at this point, and that's how the issue ends. I'm glad to see Misty Pooh getting getting some credit there, <laughs> Jeff. But the man took down four powerful. Yeah. Stop calling him Misty Pooh. I'm just saying. Um, I, I, I will say though that, that does <laughs> no this. I, do, I don't know if I can count this though. I don't know if I can count that as an as a viable appearance. Why? Because you it was written by because <laughs> it was written by Matt Fraction. Oh my Jeff. God. No. Oh my uh, goodness. You that you guy can write anything. He's oh, he's awful. God, he's awful. And you look, Fraction, in my opinion, is still doing a decent job on Thor and Iron Man. So yep. and I don't even you know, I I I'm not a big fan of either character, but I do think those are some pretty solid issues he's been putting out for him. Putting people to sleep for the last six months on those two. Oh, uh, look at you. So. Anyway, all right. Speech, I know. Um, Speech, what's your what's your fight? <laughs> My fight. It better is, not be um, a, something written by Matt Fraction. I mean, can 
Can we do a double a double fraction day? <laughs> no. <laughs> do it, speech. <laughs> no, actually, this one comes by way of uh, Bendis. It's New Avengers 28. Mm. I don't know if either of you read it or did, um, yeah. read it. That was good. Um, but you have um, Hawkeye, Spider-Woman, Luke Cage that have been captured. And basically, they're captured. They're on Utopia. They're captured by the, the X-Men. And... Um, it's time to make a break for it. And Ben just writes this thing so believable. And because it it kind of leans more towards their strengths. I mean, Spider-Woman, people forget she's Hydra. She's a spy. She is crafty. She's like one of those people that you don't want to be left alone with. Hawkeye, he's a bit of a jerk, but he's just as crafty. You know, they were they were telling him they were kind of treating him like bullseye. You know, you can't you can turn anything into a weapon. He's complaining that he doesn't have silverware. They're like eat with your hands, and he grabs um magma's arm when she puts the tray in, and he's threatening to break it. You know, she has to call for help. Um, you know, um, thunder, um, thunderbird, no, warpath. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, Thunderbird was his brother. Yeah, Warpath comes running and like shoves Hawkeye all the way on the other side of the cell, but he's taken like this round metallic piece off of Magma's costume. You have Spider Woman getting into to the head of um one of the cuckoos. I think it was Phoebe. I don't know. They all look alike. And um <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she uses all of her great spy training, but the best part was when they break out Luke Cage and they were like, You can grow hair? You say, Wow, I lost that bet. <laughs> So, you know, as they're coming out, you have Spider-Woman, like, take out Warpath. I mean, she does this great leap off the wall after, like, zapping him in the face and then, like, just comes, you know, I am I mean, D, D, is it Diodoto or Diodato? I don't want to mispronounce the guy's name, but um, he draws, like, some very excellent, you know, fight scenes here. And the same thing with Hawkeye. But, lo and behold, these guys get it. They take out a couple of the Phoenix five actually, but when it's all said and done, it's a freaking simulation. They're still stuck in utopia in these like, um, tubes held there by danger. And they're like freaking out. And she's just having them go over this scenario over and over and over again. And it's just the psychological, you know, mind job that's done to these guys. And here was just awesome. It was one of those issues in the world you don't care it was just a dream because it still moved the story and it was great yeah. and it served a purpose. Cause I, I was like, Oh, it was just a dream, but it was cool. Yeah, I agree. That, that was cool. That was very cool. Um, you know, just, just setting up and, and making danger. I, I, what I liked is, is, is that danger was the one behind all that. Like that was pretty, that was pretty cool. So yeah. And it was weird seeing Luke Cage with hair. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it was very strange. He was like, "You can grow hair." <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, all right, guys, uh, I I, uh, I I need a little therapy <laughs> to to talk about my fight of the week. Oh, um, did you guys read The Walking Dead number one hundred? No, no. If you talk about it. I, I am going to um just mute my, my mic. No, ser- seriously, you didn't you didn't read it. Dude, I only buy only buy it in trade. I only buy it in trade. I don't Jeez. I don't buy the single issues. Eli, do you read that? No, no. So I'll listen to you. Okay. All right. Seriously, speech. I I, I need somebody to listen to to me because I'm seriously. I might I might 
break down and cry because it's 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 brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> okay, so Walking Dead number hundred. Um, is is okay? So do I need to get? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to spoil, gonna spoil it. it. I'm going to spoil it. it. Yes. So, and since you're, 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 you're Stephanie and since, Brown once again, and, and since you're kind of a cry whiny baby about spoilers, <laughs> uh, you, you need to get off the call for a second. Yeah. All right, I'm off. Just hit me a message when I'm when when it's safe for me okay. to come back. All right. Okay. This is a coc first. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. So, um, so what happens in this in this? Okay, Kirkman has been. Things have been very, uh, um, very uh, slow in the in the last, I'd say, ten or fifteen, twenty issues. Like nothing much has happened, um, and it, I think it's all just been building to this. And um, but anyway, the whole point is is that there's this new group of psychos out there that are trying to attack the group, and um, they've they they sent some guys to. Rick and his crew uh, to their where they're staying, um, and Rick just said, you know, it was kind of badass, and he ended up killing a few of them, a few of their people. And these are these folks are basically kind of bullies. They they want to they want to trade. Uh, they basically want to take everybody's uh, half of their their food just because they're tough. Mm-hmm. And um, so Rick. <laughs> Uh, basically said, you know what, we, you know, we're not going to play your game, and so he killed a bunch of uh, of those guys. Well, so we saw at the end of last issue that there was a group of them that were basically just kind of staking out the place that, that where their their compound where they're staying, and uh, and, and are going to attack. Well, Rick decides to take a group to um uh to to this other little township that is in this in this zombie apocalypse world and um and uh and uh, anyway and so it's like all kind of a group of like your favorite characters and they're all they're all going to this place well they end up it takes them a little bit longer to get there and so they end up having a camp out well that's just spells trouble because uh Rick is keeping watch but he's not doing a very good job. I think he falls asleep or something and then he ends up getting yanked off the top of the van by this uh by this guy who has one of those little rope things. Um and uh and so anyway, all of a sudden all of this huge amount of of basically psychos uh get out of a truck. I mean, there's literally like 50 of them. Um, all around this, the, this uh, you know, Rick and his little group of people, and um, and their leader's name is Negan, and he's like, uh, we haven't seen him before, and he shows up finally in this issue, and he's just he's just like this regular guy, but he basically decides he you know he says um, there's like no talking on Rick's part, he basically just says. Um, look, you know, you killed some of my guys, and you don't understand how this works. Basically, I can I can kill all of you at any time, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, um, so here's what's going to happen: you're going some, you know, you're, you're going to give us half of your supplies from now on, but because you killed some of my guys, I'm going to kill one of you right now. And um, and uh, and so they're all. You know, all these psycho guys have like axes and hatchets and chainsaws and all this stuff, and they're basically holding all the all the characters, you know, down. And um, so he does this crazy like 
basically he he keeps ta- he goes through each person and says, "Well, no, I can't kill you because you're the leader, and if I kill you, then that you know everybody can will rise up, and if I kill you, yeah, I can't kill you because you're." You're uh, black, and that would be racist. And I can't kill you. I can't. I can't kill you because, uh, you, you know, you're a kid, and that'll just turn you into. You know, that'll. You know, you're already screwed up or whatever. It would be worse torture just to let you watch this and all that. So he goes through all of this stuff, and finally he can't decide, and so he ends up. He um, he has this bat with a um with barbed wire around it, and he goes. He basically does eeny meeny miny mo, and he lands on the character of Glenn. I don't. Do you know it? Walking Dead. I don't know any. I've never read any okay. of it. Glenn has been in there since the very beginning. Um, he's the guy. He's the first person that Rick encounters once the zombie apocalypse hits, um, and Rick wakes up from his little coma. And so this guy has been there the whole time, and he's been played up this whole time to be uh, like he's so hopeful. He's he he really he he's he's married, and he has uh, they've adopted this girl who's. Uh, whose parents have died and he's so hopeful he wants to get to this next little town because he's that's that's where they're going to that's where they're going to set up and they're going to be safe and they're going to be protected and so his wife and his daughter they're all they're all in this group being held down by this group and so the guy takes his bat and he just smacks him in the head and his eyeball pops out okay it is oh, it is Glenn. it is gruesome and um and he's like but he's still like he's still he's not dead at this point but he's like severely fucked up <laughs> i mean like he's his his head is uh his all is all bashed in and then um and all the rest of the characters are just sitting there watching and um so um so he he's he, so the guy like leans over and he's like well, you know what's that you're, you're saying you're trying to say something and basically like it's just the most emotional moment um he like Glenn, with his head bashed in, just all he can mutter is his wife's name. And he says, you know, Maggie. And then the guy just starts wailing on him. And, like, literally, and it shows all, it's very graphic. Like, it just shows this guy just beating the holy hell out of Glenn's head. And, like, he just beats it over and over again until literally there's nothing but a pulp of his head left. And they show this. But it, it is so disturbing, and it's so like, oh my god! Like, oh. it, I'm, it's, I'm I'm a little disturbed. It, it, listening to this description, it is it is it is disturbing. So, um, but you know, it while emotionally it was um, emotionally it it it's it's it fit the story, and it, and it was it was good. But it was a little brutal, and and almost. <sighs> It just kind of it takes away a piece of your soul a little bit. Golly. Yeah. And did, now, did they make this guy's family watch? Yes. Everybody. Every okay, wait, wait, speech is on, so we can't spoil it. But but That's right. Don't. But yes, everybody watches. Oh, dude, that's it's, that it, would stick with me for a little while. Yeah. That's so, messed so up. Now we. But see, the thing is, is that now I want to see what happens. Like, what's the next step? Because because then. <laughs> Um, the the uh, the character of Rick. I'll, this is not really a spoiler speech, but um, Rick just says to the guy, "I'm I'm gonna kill you." He says, "I don't know. It's not gonna be today or tomorrow." He said, "But I'm gonna I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill you." And um, it's oh naturally, yeah. Oh, it's brutal, 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 brutal. So anyway, Ooh. All right. Yeah, I need somebody who has read that to to 
I don't know, say <laughs> say something, I don't know, calming and I don't know. It's it's seriously. I've thought about it all week. Like it's just so brutal. Anyway, okay. So speaking of brutal fights, uh, now on to the main event. Tonight's fight features the Mandarin again, managed by Infinite Speech versus the Vision, managed by Eli Anthony at the Raft Prison for Supervillains. The Raft is a new environment to the game, uh, and it includes all the current heroes and villains that are that either work or are incarcerated there. So that's something to keep in mind. So let's hear what our managers have to say about this matchup. Don't forget to um, listen to uh, at, at the end of the fight. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the voting rules and game information. So, oh, crap. I don't have a... Let me go grab a coin real quick. Um, and tonight, it's Eli's night to call it. How do you not have a coin on you, sir? I, well, yeah, that's, e, that's Ian's job, and he's slacking off tonight. So, but I've got one. I've got one. It is a... It is an American dime. Uh-oh. So no beavers Another or queens. Another COC first. I know. An American yeah. coin. Seriously. <clears throat> it's got a little torch on one side. Have you ever looked at a dime? And it's, yeah. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that FDR on the dime? I think it is. Is it? I don't know who's, who it is. <laughs> I, I haven't looked is. at it that closely. I think it's I think it's Roselle. But I could be wrong. So, Eli, what do you think? Heads or tails? Uh, Tails. Heads. Ah. Uh, yep. So, speech. You going to go first or pass it, Eli? I'm going to pass it. Ladies first. Ooh. Hey, hey, that's only for Andy and Billy, man. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, fine. All right, I'm going to make it short and sweet here. Ooh. Division is going to need to do some recon. And uh, he's he's going to need to move quickly through. He's going intangible. He's he's going through the the prison. He's looking for old Mandy there, and uh, you know they can they can probably do some battling back and forth. Vision's got the you know the super strength when he with his density uh, modification that he can do there, and he's got his uh, solar beams from his jewel on on his noggin. Um, but uh, recently, uh, a, a couple times recently, Vision has done the whole uh, intangible uh, arm through someone's chest and attack. And so that's what he's going to do to Mandy. Uh, Mandy's got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of nice rings. Um, most of them aren't going to do Jack to Vision, especially when he's intangible. And so, and and I know the argument has been made by some in the past that the vision never fights when he's intangible and blah blah blah. But we just recently saw him do it when they were on the Cree world. I can't remember who he did it to, but he was intangible and he kicks the, the crap out of some people. And some Cree soldiers or uh, Marvel or, or Alien Boy Novar, some one of those guys. So that's what he's doing. He's going in intangible. He's making his way through the prison, and he's going to take Mandarin down. Uh, Mandarin can hurl all the, the, the power and the ring he wants. He can do the fire vortex, the flame ring, the electric ring, you know, uh, the dark force energy ring, the blinding light ring. 
the flight ring, the disintegrator ray ring, none of it's going to do anything. The Ben uh, Kingsley ring. Oh my goodness. The I'm I'm no longer an uh, an Asian person ring. I'm a British guy ring. <laughs> vision and accent. How are they How are they going to do his eyes? What, what, how are they going to make uh, that work? Stop! 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 That's a whole different conversation for another. Time. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sorry, but um, and another thing, oh, uh, Vision can do is you know, Mandy is a serious bad guy. Serious bad guy. Uh, he can alert the raft. Uh, a th- uh, uh, staff that Mandarin's loose, so he immediately gets some allies, and he's got other people searching. And you know, those those guys may help him locate uh, at at the very least. You know, I don't think just regular old raft security forces are going to be able to stop Mandarin, obviously, but they will uh, be able to assist Vision with recon. You know, he can tie into communications and and. That that's just gonna give the vision another advantage. So uh, I'll let that be that, and maybe have a rebuttal after Speech has his turn. Well, um, all right, you 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 do know the situation on on the raft right right now, am I correct? I'm not completely. Okay, does anybody anybody who would pose any type of halfway threat is gone? The Thunderbolts are gone. The Dark Avengers are gone. You got one team traveling through time and towing around with the talking swamp thing now. Um, so the regular staff there, I don't even think Vision would employ them. I honestly think that he would feel that Mandarin is just way too dangerous and um, wouldn't want to risk their lives. Now, you know, you say Vision will go intangible and all of that. This is a guy who's just tossed and beat up also by Norman Osborn recently. So, I mean, let's I mean, let's go and go there, because in the blink of an eye, if he can turn intangible and do all this really cool, fancy stuff, Norman Osborn physically took him down. Um, You know, this this was done <clears throat> outside in public, and I think he tossed him through like most of the um, Avengers Ma- Avengers mansion. So and again, it wasn't like. Vision got up and just, you know, put a beat down on um, Norman. It didn't it didn't happen. So Vision also has a near human mind. Now I know you say that none of Mandarin's rings would would work on him, but that's it's just not true. One, you do have um, all of Mandarin's um, rings that can basically mess with the mind. Illusion's ring. He also has a paralysis ring. He can use it's the the same ring, but it has like a dual um a dual use. He can um paralyze his victims and whatnot, and everyone knows that Vision's mind has been able to be tampered with, whether it's telepathy or illusions or just somebody bringing up some deep dark um emotion or whatnot. And Mandarin has a pretty good feel on who Vision is and what he can do. Um. He's got the the impact beam, and he used that beam to knock War Machine, I think, over 7,000 miles away and through a couple of mountains. Now, I know he can't knock Vision out of the environment because it doesn't like constitute a win, but you have to imagine that being pummeled with that several times, whether it's the building or just Vision himself. You know, it's going to do some damage. He's not going to walk around super dense the whole time. 
And um, you've also got the disintegration ring. Once, you know, once those beams hit vision, it's a wrap. That part of him is gone. It's damaged. And that type of um, feedback on his system is going to be even worse. Um, the vortex beam that can still be and be used, and he can also use the um the matter rear, rear, rearranger one, and that will just transform all the solid air that's around Vision, or you know anything that he's, you know that that's inside of him, because Mandarin isn't going to care if he rips Vision apart or not. The gravity ring, I don't know. I'm that one. I'm pretty sure he would be able to successfully use against Vision. To either just pin him down or slow him down, but vision can, can go intangible, and I'm not sure how that how the gravity ring would interact with um with that, but it would slow him down enough to where Mandarin can set up another attack. And uh, let me see what was what was the other one. Basically, with the paralysis ring, that pretty much sets um vision up to just be screwed and toyed with, because once his mind is in Mandarin's grasp. He's pretty much just um, just a toaster at that point. Mandarin can ha- um, have his way with him, whether he's casting, you know, these illusions or just using the flame ring to melt the crap out of him or even using the ice and elect- um, electricity to just funnel like all that. And he can also send an EMP to vision. So I mean, he's got the um, electromagnetic wave wave, um, wave capabilities in one of the, the rings as well. Hmm. So I will I will hand it back to you. But understand that we're at the raft, and it houses a bunch of criminals. And just just so there's regular staff there, there's also a assload of criminals still on the raft. And Mandarin will have no you know, no remorse about using those guys to set, you know, to set free to cause a distraction because vision, they hate vision just the same. And he can use those guys as little like pawns and thralls all the same. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I'll see your, uh, freed villains and uh, I'll raise you, uh, us agent with a hook for a hand. Ah, and no legs. Yes. He doesn't one, need them. He doesn't the need his scene, freaking legs. The one scene where he beat up a little <laughs> common thug to show you he's still a badass. Yes, I understand. And I respect him. I respect that guy for going out, not getting cybernetic cool implants and just kicking butt. But let's be realistic. If U.S. agent came across Mandarin, Mandarin would win. If U.S. agent came across five or six of these guys freed, they tip a chair over and curb stomp, um, curb stomp them. This is true. This is true. But um, uh, the fact is not all of these guys are going to – with when presented with freedom <laughs> and going after beating up Vision are going to engage one of the most powerful Avengers. Um, a lot of them are going to try and see how they can get the heck out of there. And that's also not to say – that some of them wouldn't attack Mandarin. Now, Mandarin would probably know any of those guys who have a grudge against him because, let's face it, Mandarin always uses and abuses those those low-life guys who work for him. Look at Obadiah Thane trying to kill him just recently. Um, he didn't succeed, of course, but uh, they, everyone hates Mandarin who, who works with him and for him. So, you know, yeah, I'll give you that. He, he could free them, and Vision's a hero. They might want to just beat on a hero, but... 
I think they're also just as likely to try and find freedom, and some of them would also be likely to, if they saw Mandarin, to go after him. Now well, that's the um, problem with the whole freedom thing because they are all there's a there's a proximity. Um, I for, I forgot the specifics, but they all know if they try to leave, they either get blown up or get caught up in the um, jellyfish um, river that's right outside of the island. That's oh, yeah, just, yeah, the they, jellyfish. They surround them, so they know this. The thing is, though, once they're free and out of their cells, I don't see them as having a problem because I, I, I checked the most updated list of villains on here. None of them have a problem with Mandarin. None of them would go after Mandarin. Mandarin would be like, look, this is the deal. Vision's here. Let's beat him up. Nah, and if anything, it, it, he can... He can manipulate their easy minds just as well with his ring. And if he's doing that, that's time he's spending on them and not Vision, who's intangible and can pretty much sail through any of their attacks. And I mean, if Mandarin does that, he's basically going to create like a riot. You know all of these prisoners. Prisoners don't get along with each other. All right, There's going to be vendettas. Uh, they're going to go out. It's just going to be a melee. Well, so, Vision can be intangible, but once the um, once he hits them with the paralysis – his mind is putty. He'll go back to being solid, and Mandarin would just have his way with him. Like I said, he would just beat the crap out of him. Now, his mind is close enough to being human, but it's not human. So it's right. not like a regular human mind. And However, and he's, been, he's gonna... been hit with telepathy. He's been manipulated. He's got the grief thing down. You've had characters use his past trauma. If, if a villain is able to use your past trauma against you, Believe me, paralyzing your mind won't be a problem. I mean, these are no, things no, that, diff that different. vision... different. Because that Mandarin will have to get into his mind, and it, it, it's... it. I would I would say... I mean, there, there, I don't know uh, the level of every telepath that's, that's done anything telepathically to Vision's mind, but it's not human. It's close to human, but it's not human. So... It, it's it's not just any telepath that's going to be able to get in there and meddle around. Like I don't think Monet is going to be able, for example, would be able to do Jack to him before he could get to her. But someone like Xavier, sure. So and yes, but where he's does not trying Mandarin to get fall? into. He's not trying to get inside of his mind and manipulate what he sees and everything. He's just getting a freeze grip on his brain, and that's it. But he does. He doesn't have a brain. He ha his mind is close enough to human, but he doesn't have a, a an organic brain. So the, is the is the mental paralysis thing going to work? I doubt it. It's a sonic power. I mean, it's a sonic ability, and he's 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 giving off mental brain waves. He's giving off that um, sonic but, energy. But he doesn't so, have the organic uh, parts like we do to it, be vulnerable to something like that. Well, he's been vulnerable, like I said, to um, trauma reenactments, um, telepathy, and but stuff that's along the same nature. And that's telepathy. Stuff along the exact same nature. And he has been, you know, he has had his mind tampered with. The same thing that Mandarin can do with this ring. This no, ring will different. have an effect. No, it's not. If, if you're saying the, the power, the, 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 he will have to go uh, attack him telepathically. And yeah, he has been attacked like that, but it... What I'm saying is, it's not going to be so easy for Mandarin. All right. Now, you, you mentioned the the. Uh, there's a few other things I want to address. You mentioned the Norman Osborn thing. We all now know Norman was an adaptoid. Vision walked up to Norman in public, in a with civilians around him, 
assuming that it was Norman Osborn, regular human being. And as soon as he touched Norman, which is why Norman invited him to say, to come arrest me, buddy. As soon as he touched him, Norman got all of the Vision's powers, and Vision still didn't know what was going on. Norman did. That is completely irrelevant. In, how in come he did? How was it irrelevant? How come he didn't just because phase Norman through? did that to every member of the Avengers? He owned them all until Tony figured out what he was. He even how come he uh, didn't phase? How come he didn't phase though? I mean, in the split second, in the amount of time they always say he just takes a blink of an eye, he can phase. He didn't. He got tossed through a building by Norman Osborn. Adapt because it didn't not. fit the plot. It didn't fit the plot. <laughs> exactly. Norman had already taken exactly. down all of the Avengers. Vision was the last one. They had to have him take him down so that then Tony could have the big reveal. Norman could hulk up, beat, it, beat up everybody some more, and then finally they could beat him. That, that's ridiculous. Well, the thing is, is though, even, even with Mandarin um, gripping Vision's mind, even if it's just for a couple of seconds, he doesn't have to like have an hour-long foothold on him. But he causes him to solidify, disintegrates half of, um, half of his – half of his body and you've got the insides that are just exposed there and just sends all types of mayhem on the inside of that whether it just be the fire or the ice the emp i mean the emp will shut him down alone so amongst all these minds uh the mandarin who is not uh, uh, you're not going to convince me he's a skilled telepath he's going to be able to not only find vision's mind but then take it over no 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 that no no and, no that's and, not what, what i'm saying that's not what i'm saying that's not what I'm saying. I'm not like saying like Mandarin is on gonna, one side of the raft meditating on on um on vision. I'm I'm saying these two come face to face. I'm not saying this is like, you know, miles apart. You know, they're within, so, you know, Vision's 40 not gonna feet. stand there and, and let him do this. He's gonna fire at him. Oh, of course. However, you're also dealing with a guy that moves faster than the average human and the guy had his spine ripped out he survived this just ahead as i've mentioned before he he is more formidable hand-to-hand and his physical body than anyone gives him credit for and he doesn't need to eat or sleep the guy's chi is just that powerful he's like a step below iron fist without oh, having killed the dragon that's without having Jeff. killed the dragon fist <laughs> Think about it. If if Mandarin killed that dragon, he 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 would be the coldest Iron Fist ever. They but you got to give Mandarin the guy credit. Yeah, never. That would be a really good what if story. But I mean, seriously, he had his spine ripped out. He's still here. He was Marvel, decapitated. Don't copy that. He's huh? I, I was just telling Marvel not to copy that. Idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> give us a check if you do, guys. You know, all, right. all I, I'm I saying know, is, know you know, give, is give, give the guy more credit, but. The thing is, though, you know, these guys at some point have to come face to face. That's what the fights boil down to. You know, this isn't like Professor X who can fight from eight miles away, tucked away in a bathroom, you know, and doesn't have to get his hand dirty. These two are going to have to meet up. And you know what? Vision knows. He knows all about Mandarin. You know, it's not going to be like the Osborne thing where he he's he's unsuspecting. And knows about Vision. This guy is brilliant. So these two guys, they're not stupid. And they're going to go at each other, but they're going to they're be smart. But Vision will also have to contend with the mayhem that's going around. He's not going to try to, you know, endanger the, um, the, the RAF staff, you know, while U.S. agents over there in the corner, you know, boohooing and crying that he's getting curb stomped. These guys are going to be going at it. So the thing is, is this, though, Mandarin takes 
Vision's mind, whether it's for five seconds to 20, 25 seconds, but he's doing major damage. Period. I don't, th- I don't think so. And and a lot of your attacks, like the impact beam, that's not doing jack to an intangible uh, Vision. And Vision knows that the Mandarin is the real threat. I mean, he's not going to stop along the way and say, uh, hey, you know, uh, bank robbers, uh, whoever is in there, I don't know exactly who's in there right now, you know, get back in your cell. Here, here let me beat you up first. Um, he, he knows who the real threat is, and he, he knows who's going to be behind everything. That That's not going to that's not going to work. Mandarin and, can actually make those guys look just like him. He can make those guys look exactly like him. Yeah, the- look like them. That that's not going to help because the vision. Uh, again, he he has close to a human mind, but he's not human. So you don't just have to fool the eyes. He's got senses. He can sense the the, the bio readings of people in his. However, will he will be you know startled and thrown off. And all it takes is a second. I mean, if you have over fifty people looking like looking like Mandarin, he's he's gonna hesitate, and he may attack one one or two innocent criminals may get their faces broke because Vision, uh, Vision thinks they they're Mandarin. Mandarin will use that opening to either hit and run, come back, or unleash with a devastating attack. And the impact beam, like I like I said, it. You know, if 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 he can knock um, war um, war machine through mountains and have him cross continents seven thousand miles away, he can do some serious damage to Vision. Vision, you know, I know he's like blocked bullets, missiles, rockets. No, no rocket hits you with the impact to send you that many miles away. But it's and not he, doing it. It's going right through him when he's intangible. If he's right intangible through. at that point, if because if you're doing this whole fight as he's intangible, I mean seriously, what's what's his offense? He still has a solar beam, and he has his attack that he's used recently in the most recent issue of Secret Avengers, if I remember correctly, that where where he phased his arm through somebody right through their chest. Yeah, but see, he's got. And if and if there's a, a, a if if all heck is breaking loose in his prison and this thing's going on coming from everywhere, he's going intangible. If you know if there's if it's a prison riot, you know if there's guys everywhere coming after him, it, it, it's easy. You go intangible. Really? Because I mean, if he can control his density, and somebody's coming up trying to punch him, wouldn't you just go hard and just get broken and just let um let the guy break his fist? So you could, I mean, but if, if that be... was the only guy, but if there's tons of people all over the place, then the the the, the smart thing is to go intangible and then either continue on searching for Mandarin. Or, or even if he's going to stop and engage them, go intangible. Well, like Makes I sense said, to me. The weakness with Vision here is his mind. He can still be caught, be be caught off by the illusions. He can get his mind messed with, whether it's paralyzed or whether you know Mandarin and just go and goes in and just grips it for a while. He will still have Vision vulnerable not doing anything and that's all it takes is a second the amount of damage that mandarin has unleashed with these rings back to back like these attacks he doesn't have to just use one ring at a time he can use multiple attacks i mean this guy can set a ring ring down and still control it because he's linked to them all right you guys (laughs) I'm, i'm calling it Calling it. <laughs> That's guys, probably a good idea. Jeff. You guys can continue that 
great conversation on the forums. Um, thanks to both of you guys for a great couple of rationales and some good <coughs> arguments. And uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, it's it, it is important to understand that um, that the the fighters are competing uh, in a, in a specific way. They are being they're teleported into the respective environment. <coughs> on opposite ends of the environment, and they have full disposal of any and all the resources available in the environment. Uh, they're not allowed to leave the environment, but teleportation and flying um, is not considered as leaving the environment. So uh, finally, the, the winner is determined based on the fact that he or she has subdued the opponent's fighter, and subduing can be anything from restraining to killing. So... Next week, we're going to be joined by Dan Brienne, who still has two characters left um, uh, that he can use. Um, he actually has three left in his stable, but um, he has Scarlet, Spiler, uh, Scarlet Spider and uh, the Protector left to, uh, to use before he uses Wolverine again. And, um, and he's taking on Tom McNeely, who only has one character left, and that is Professor X. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, so Mr. I can sit in the bathroom and fight this whole fight. Exactly right. So uh, Tom is going to be uh, also able to choose the environment as he is the home team. Um, all right. So uh, this season we introduced a new segment to the show called the COC Power Rankings, which Eli, you did a great job of that. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago awesome. you were filling in. You did a good job of doing the power rankings thing. Um, you know, I said power. Exactly, just like that. So um, what we do with the power rankings is that we take it upon ourselves to rank five new characters in terms of who we think is the toughest. So if you'd like to submit a character to be ranked, or if you just want to argue our points, um, go to comicattack.former.com and tell us what you think in COC thread labeled power rankings. And tonight's five nominees are from X-Factor... Havoc from, I guess she's on the Avengers now. Uh, Quake, is she on the Avengers? Quake, Daisy Johnson. She she pops up every now and then. Okay, all right. She's she's a Shield agent. Um, she's doing okay. uh, stealth stuff for for Fury, I think. Right, right. Uh, also from X Factor, uh, multiple man Jamie Madrox. Uh, from the Marauders, Vertigo. And the uh, Israeli, the only Israeli superhero I think that exists um, is uh, Sabra, or Sabra? How do you say that? Sabra? I think Sabra. So, um, so Havoc, Quake, Multiple Man, Vertigo, and, Sa- and Sabra. So, um, now, l- interestingly enough, Ian uh, put, <coughs> these, put these rankings up on the forum uh, about a week and a half ago. And uh, and then he mysteriously disappeared. So um, so he went ahead and ranked his his uh, what he thought uh, his rankings, and those rankings were Sabra, Quake, Vertigo, Havoc, and Multiple Man in that order. What can Sabra do? In my ignorance, I will ask this. Um, she I'd have to. Oh crap! I, I, I'm looking at her her thing now. Um, she's. She's super strong. Uh, she's yeah. supposed to be able to lift like 50 tons. She can run really fast. Uh, stamina, uh, height and agility. She's got a healing factor. Yeah. Um, I don't think she can fly. No. No, no, no. She's just, you know, super strength, kind of tough, and heals. Yeah. So okay. um, so that was the order that, that Ian put put them in. Um, 
I put <coughs> uh, my five are uh, Sabra, Quake, Havoc, Vertigo, and Multiple Man. It's a little bit different from, from Ian's, but only on one point, and uh, that he put Vertigo above Havoc, and I did the opposite. Um, and, and my rationale really is, um, I, you know, I didn't know what, what Sabra's powers were before I looked, looked it up, um, a couple weeks ago and, um, or whenever he posted it and, um, and she's got a great set of powers, I think. I mean, I think she's kind of like, she's almost like the Israeli version of She-Hulk, uh, is kind of how I, how I see her. Maybe not quite as strong as She-Hulk, but she's got that kind of power level. And, um, she recently showed up in, uh adjectiveless X-Men, but she didn't really do anything um, in in that. But um, but I, I really like her 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 power set. Plus, the thing that really puts her and Quake uh, uh, on the top of this pile is that they both have extensive military training, and uh, you know, so I, I really think that both of them that that really gives them an edge over some of these other folks. So. Um, Quake, uh, Daisy Johnson, I don't, I, she's kind of a new character, I don't really know much about her, um, I just know she's kind of, she's basically like Richter, um, and she can make, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, earthquakes and things, so, um, and that's a pretty good power to have, I mean, I think in terms of energy projection and, and all that, I think that's, that's a pretty good power to have, I think that could, uh, do some major damage to somebody, so, um, I put Havoc third, um, you know, in terms of raw power, this guy has got a lot, but other than that, like, he has, he has no, he has no defensive abilities at all, he's, I mean, he's, uh, he's an okay character, but he's, he's always second fiddle to, to, to Cyclops, um, or Madeline, or, <laughs> so, who, whatever character he's just he's never I don't know he's, he's never really been a breakout star now supposedly in Uncanny Avengers coming up he is going to be but um, uh, but he's not all that to me and then you got Vertigo who I think has a really cool power um, but she's uh, these Marauder characters just are they're always getting killed and they're always uh, they're always getting uh, you know beat up um, even though they she has been cool since Inferno, no. yeah, she, <laughs> she, she, she had her, she has a really cool power. Um, but she's always getting beat by the X-Men. So, um, I mean that, that had happened in astonishing X-Men pretty recently. I think she was on that team of Mirage that, that showed up there and, uh, and she got beat pretty quickly. So, um, and then as much as he is my, one of my top characters of all time, uh, in this group, um, he's at the bottom of the list, and that's uh, Jamie Madrox. So, um, so yeah. Poor Jamie. Yeah, poor Jamie. Speech, uh, what, what do you think? All right, well, I, I differ with you about Quake. Okay. Because um, Only because I, my first introduction to Quake was during the um, – see, um, uh, what was that? The uh, Secret War? Yeah, yeah, the Secret War. I mean, she blew up Wolverine's heart from from like 15, 20 feet away. That was great. Nice. I mean, she's got some pinpoint accuracy with her power. She doesn't, you know, she's just very, very cool. And even though she's 18, she's got, she is very wise beyond her years, and she was trained by Nick Fury. I mean, even though she is a kid, she's one of those exceptions to the rule, especially when when it comes to, experience and i am so pissed i didn't pick her for this contest <laughs> yeah but um after quake i would i would pick havoc just because um 
and I'm not a big fan of him up until recently, but the guy is pretty, pretty powerful. Um, the cyber chick, I would put her above multiple men just based on her power set. And I would put multiple men above vertigo just because like you said, the marauders are just now they're just used as us whipping tools now. But when they first, when vertigo was first on the scene, it was ridiculous how like they were just taking out the, the X-Men heavy hitters. Wolverine and Colossus because everybody needs equilibrium. Everybody needs not to be uh, nauseous to be an effective fighter. But recently, you know, they get taken out with um, pebbles to the head and everything. And it's just horrible (laughs) how these guys are just riding them now. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, so, yeah, it would be Quake, Havoc, Sabra, Multiple Man and Vertigo. All right. Mm. I have uh, almost exactly what you had speech. I have Quake number one. Though you, you might be able to convince me to switch her and Havoc. Um, I, I'll, I'll echo everything Speech said about Quake, and it also not only has she been trained by Fury, but Fury trusts her implicitly. She, uh, when Fury was still director of Shield, she was, um, she was second to him. You know, she had as a seventeen-year-old girl, or, or whenever she began. She had a clearance higher than everyone else, except like Black Widow, you know, level ten or whatever it is. Yeah. And so not only has has he trained her, but he has the utmost confidence in this teenage girl to get things done. And she still continues to operate as his agent in the world at while he's you know off and hiding or whatever. She just she popped up not too too long ago somewhere and did something. Uh, She's running Shield now, though, right? I don't know what she's doing now. Is she running Shield? I think I saw her in that um, Battle Scars at the end. It was her, Nick, Coulson, and somebody else. But I think she's running Shield now. I don't was, know. Was that was that first Nick or Black Nick? His son. Yeah. His son. I need I need to read Battle Scars. Um, and and she saved uh Fury and the Fantastic Four and Fury's Secret War gang. Um. Back whoa, 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 whoa. The end of Secret War. She saved the FF, and the FF have the Almighty Sue. Oh, and she had an eight, you, you fell into that eight, one there, pal. Kid had to save the FF, and they had the Almighty Sue. I can do anything. Ah, okay, continue. I don't know if Sue was there, but Ben <laughs> uh, and Johnny were there. Uh, uh, I'll okay. look back at my yep. Secret War, but what, what, what <laughs> happened was here's what happened. Well, anyway, uh, this this Doom, this Von Barda chick stole a bunch of Doom's technology after Fury tried to kill her and remade herself, like impervious to any attack. And Daisy just exploded her heart, I think, or destroyed the bomb that was inside of her and that was going to go off. Um, anyway, yeah, she's uh, a beast. She's she's tough. Havoc, he, I mean, he's he's put Gladiator on his butt. Uh, in the uh, War of Kings, was so it? I think. Of... Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Okay, we're not ranking Cannonball. <laughs> but hey, in the recent, I mean, issue of Wolverine and the X Men, it took three of the Phoenix Five to put him down. So I mean, to put who down? Gladiator. Gladiator. Oh, he he actually made it to Earth looking for his son. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to read that. 
because I was looking forward to when he got here and was pissed off about where his son was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, so three fifths of the Phoenix to take out Gladiator. Yeah. Um, and then I got Sabra because I think Havoc could take her, and I think Quake could take her. Obviously, Quake could just explode her heart, and what if she heals that? Then she could just explode her brain. She could just keep doing it. Simple. I don't think Sabre and Sabre has no distance attack. She doesn't fly. I mean, I don't know much about her except from the wiki, but she doesn't seem all that great. Just like a strong, <laughs> like like a, like a tank on the team. Right. And then I got Vertigo because I think she could just destroy multiple man, no matter how many dupes he threw at her. And then multiple man is just so lame. Oh That's come on! He is lame, Jeff. I, I don't know why Ian Where's stuck him coat? with. You know what? I almost thought that Ian stuck him in this group just so he would be last, just because you love him so much. Because Multiple Man has no shot against any of these guys. Hmm. I mean, I don't think he belongs with, with these five. I mean, with these other four four people. But he's last. He's a loser. Wow. Goodness Sorry. gracious. Yeah. You're hurting my heart there a little bit. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, let me see. Uh, I think... What that does um, in our numeric rankings, if I did the math right, and and I'm not a math genius, so uh, uh, so that puts Quake with 18 points, Sabra with 16, Havoc 13, Vertigo at seven, and Multiple Man at five. So, um, so yeah, I could I could go with that. I could go with that. Um, in the overall rankings, um. I put these uh the I put the first three Quake, Sabra, Havoc. I put them just under Black Panther, but above Dr. Octopus because I think they could definitely take out Doc Ock. Um but but Black Panther's a pretty nut a tough nut to crack, so um I I wouldn't put put them over over him. So uh I'd put Vertigo under uh Mysterio. Oh, I'll say Willie Lumpkin. <laughs> Willie Lumpkin. <laughs> uh, I put him under. I put her under Mysterio because uh, I think you know Mysterio is pretty badass. Um, but I put her above Surge because I think she could take out some of these young X Men folks. Um, and then I actually put Multiple Man um, just under Thanos. Did you guys not hear that? We've hung up, Jeff. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just under. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I put him just under Punisher because I'm pretty sure the Punisher could just just start shooting dupes and and <laughs> and, and, and taking out multiple. Punisher, he, he he would be a dream come true. He'd be like infinite target practice. Exactly, exactly. And 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 just above multiple man, just above Nico. So I put him kind of low there on the on the thing. So, um, so if you don't agree, you can you can. Uh, let us know at the on the forums. But well, guys, uh, the uh, the Fantastic Three did it. We pulled through and made it through the show without uh, Cape Killer. So just go. Let's go on record to say that at least when I don't show up, I at least let everybody know that. Um, just don't, I don't just, just don't go. Fall, yeah, fall off the face of the earth. So. Um, so anyway, you and talking about a slacker. Good grief! I hope if if anything's happened to him, we're gonna feel so bad. <laughs> I know, I know. I, yeah, yeah, I we're, will. Gonna, we're gonna be eating a lot of pro. Yeah, yeah. If he's like being yeah, to... being being killed by a bunch of Canadian wolves up there, and well, there's... Jeff, you're gonna have to rename your firstborn. 
Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, well, son. I... Your name is now Ian. <laughs> Your name is now Cape Killer. <laughs> so, anyway, well, thanks everybody for listening to episode number 38 of COC Live. You can go to comicattack.former.com under COC to vote for who you think is the most deserving to win tonight's fight. Mandarin. If, if you have any questions, <laughs> Ben Kingsley, if you have any questions <laughs> you, that you would like answered on the show, add them to the Ask COC thread in the forum. Um, so, f- and also you can argue what you think, uh, who, who you think would win in the fight by going to the, uh, the fight thread that for this, uh, episode, uh, also look for us on Twitter at COC podcast. You can like us on, uh, Facebook at contest of champions podcast, uh, subscribe in iTunes to the podcast, uh, write us a review. That's always helpful, uh, which no one has ever done. Uh, except for one guy. And um, and you can check out our newest affiliate, ComicRelated.com, who is also broadcasting uh, the COC podcast. Um, and along with some other great podcasts like Tales from the Water Cooler and Discussions with Decapitated Dan. Um, we record every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so be sure to get your votes in before <laughs> then. And uh, after I do some editing, the fight is usually posted uh, on the following Tuesday. So, um, anyway, uh, thanks, guys, for no problem being so great. Um, thanks to Eli and Speech for uh, being so reliable and being fantastic competitors. Um and most of all, thanks to all of you listeners out there. So uh, for all of us at the COC, have a fantastic week. And if you read The Walking Dead, <laughs> come talk to me, please. Somebody to give Jeff a hug. Yeah, I know. yeah just hold me. <laughs> oh, boy, it's getting creepy. <laughs> While you're here. Uh, let's get